Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, beginning with verse number 47 and ending at verse number 50. The Bible says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea and gathering fish of every kind. Somebody say every kind. Every kind. Amen. And when it was filled, they drew it up on the beach and they sat down and gathered the good fish into containers, but the bad fish they threw away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels shall come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous. Oh my God. And will cast them into the furnace of fire. Who's going to do that? The angels. Sometimes angels means a messenger. And sometimes angels is referring to the angelic host of God. That's talking about the angelic host of God. They will cast them out into outer darkness. In the furnace of fire. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You may be seated. We're still on Discipleship 101, Kingdom Discipleship, Kingdom Discipleship, Kingdom Discipleship. Uh, let me just say that, that there, is, there, there is a kingdom culture when it comes to what the Bible says and what Jesus says about the kingdom, okay? Everybody say kingdom culture. But there's also a congregational culture or a church culture. And when I say church, I'm not talking about it in, in, in the truest sense. I'm not talking about church as in the body of Christ. I'm talking about what you think of when you hear church. When you hear the word church, whatever you think of. Most of us, though, even though we know deep when we start thinking about it and when we start thinking about our studies, we know that the church uh, is the body of Christ. But we don't think of the church being the body of Christ when we say we're going to church. Man, when you say I'm going to church, you think of what you're sitting in now. You think of things visible. You think of even buildings, maybe. But you think of groups of people. And those of us who have been coming here long enough to have our own seats, we think of our seat. And in church, there is a culture, okay, in the visible church. Everybody say the visible church. The visible church. These are the people you see. Everybody that shows up. I know some of you. I don't know others of you. And that's how it is for everybody. There is a culture. And that culture developed over the years. And that culture has to do with how we do things, how we, even our style of dress. 
That, you, know, where, you know, where did we get the fact that on Sunday you may not wear a suit any other day of the week? You may not wear a tie any other day of the week. But where did that come from to where on Sunday you dress a certain way, you look a certain way? Where does it come from that on, that on this day, church day, uh, that, uh, that uh, when you stand up you have to have a certain posture? There's a certain culture here. And there's nothing wrong with culture. Culture... Uh, culture establishes people as a people. However, there's a kingdom culture based on the word of God, and there's a church culture sometimes more influenced by us than by God. Church culture that's influenced by us more than God is when we fix our mouths to tell somebody that they got to go home and put on a dress because we don't allow women here to wear pads. Now that, that, that's, a, that's a culture, that's a, that's a church, that's part of a church culture and it was at one point, those of you who are older and honest enough to remember that that was part of our culture. The problem with church culture is that sometimes it can get in the way of kingdom culture. And whenever a church's culture gets in the way of kingdom culture, then eventually we will put more emphasis on church culture than kingdom responsibility. Okay, I, okay I'm just trying to build this thing, okay? What, what am I saying? One of the things that's part of the visible church, especially nowadays, is we've developed a standard by which we evaluate one another. And because of this high standard, we have put in our minds that church is for good people. I'm going to tell you why, how, how that, I'm going to tell you how I know that is. When, some, when somebody in church culture offends you, one of the things you hear people say is they're supposed to be. <laughs> we, 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 we have this unrealistic thinking influenced by church culture that if you're here, you're supposed to be right. <laughs> Somebody knows where I'm going. That, that, that if, you, if you're going to be in here, that means that you, you're supposed to be right. And because of that culture, watch this, the byproduct of that culture are people that <laughs> restrain their authentic selves in this environment. And the environment where we worship a God who knows us as we are becomes the very environment where we hide who we really are. <laughs> are you understanding this? Some people don't go to church anymore because they get tired of coming to a place that has a culture that almost nudges you to be somebody you are not. So now, when it comes to discipleship, and we look at a text, this text, 
we're going to find that Jesus didn't even have that expectation of everybody in the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Which means we may have an expectation that's higher than even the Lord's when it comes to people in the kingdom. Okay, now, now let's look at the text. Say amen if you're with me. Introduction already over. We're going to make it. Jesus in Matthew chapter 13, this chapter, he deals with kingdom. Kingdom, kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven, all right? The kingdom of heaven, the, the, the kingdom is, is the broader view, okay? Understand in this time, they were familiar with monarchies. We're not familiar with the monarchy uh, today, okay? We, we're in a democracy, you know, we have a president. So when you say kingdom to us today, it just sounds like a fancy word. But back then it was a common word because they were, they, they understood monarchies, okay? A, a monarchy is where, uh, is where there is a king there, okay? That, that government branch, there was no judicial, legislative, and whatever. It, it, it was, there was, there were kings and emperors. And so when you say kingdom in the Bible, times and that day you 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 it was a word that you understood right now today is kind of fancy you know I'm, a, I'm part of the kingdom but we really don't know unless you're from overseas somewhere or some uh some from Africa where they actually have kings and and tribes and uh, over uh, over across the water you really don't know what what being under a king is like but Jesus was speaking for the sake of his own time, and he says the kingdom of heaven is light. Jesus was the king of kings. The issue was his kingdom was not going to look like the kingdoms that they were familiar with. So all of these texts, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Ultimately, that's those that consists of all of those who are citizens of glory. All of us are part of the kingdom if you've obeyed and been born again into it. And so whatever Jesus is going to talk about when it comes to the kingdom, he's talking about us and he's talking about how he and what he knows about citizens in the kingdom. In this particular text, he uses a parable, an allegory to show what the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom, right? Which we would call the church, the spiritual body of Christ. Here he says, watch what he says, the kingdom of heaven in one of these kingdom uh, parables, he said it's like a dragnet, okay? Now, if you're not into fishing, you won't know what that is, but let me tell you, uh, the fishing pole wasn't, exist, uh, wasn't in existence until 1930-something. So when we think fishing today, we say, go get your pole. That's not how they fished back then. As a matter of fact, fishing was such a big industry that there were several of his tw disciples that, that owned fishing businesses. Okay. Uh, so that was a big deal. So Jesus is now using a parable that they're familiar with, and he says the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet. Fishing poles target. Dragnets don't target. Okay? What do you mean? Uh, if you go fishing today, you have a pole, and uh, people can tell what you're fishing for by the bait that you put on the hook. As a matter of fact, fishing poles have hooks. <laughs> a dragnet 
does not discriminate over what it catches. Are you with me today? He didn't say the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing pole. Those didn't even exist. And if they did, I doubt that Jesus would say that. What a drag net was, and this is a casting net, because I know we are visual. You see this? Now, this is a casting net. This is not a drag net. I want you to multiply the size of this thing 10 times, and that's a drag net. What you have is this net, and at the bottom of this net, you have these weights. So when you cast the net out, it goes down into the water, and the weight brings the net down, and it's almost like a rain of net coming down under the water. Are you understanding this? Whatever's in the water doesn't see that the net is coming down on it. Okay? Now watch this. Y'all still with me? He says the kingdom of heaven, not like a fishing pole, he said is like a what? A drag net. Now why is it called a drag net? Because when that thing would settle, when that thing, he would cast it out, when that thing would settle, in the water, he would pull it in, okay? That's a casting net. But with a drag net, the boat would just would sail and it would pull in everything that was in the drag net. They drug it. Are you understanding this? I'm being very practical here. We're going to walk through the text because the point I make is going to be very practical, practical and hopefully it'll help us with our attitude about what discipleship is and discipling and our attitude in our church culture. He says, the dragnet was cast into the sea. Another thing about a dragnet is the only, the, the, the extent to, the, to what the fishermen can do is throw the net in the water. At that point, the net disappears, which means he doesn't get to see what's happening under the water. Are you understanding this? What's under the water at this point is not even his business. Are you understanding this? That's a private, hidden process from him. He's got to throw it out, but after he throws it out, it's his business. And you know why that's important? Because he doesn't get to choose. What's in the net? Boy, if we got, if we got to choose, even who comes to church, and sometimes we try to target certain people and we treat people different because we don't think much of them. At the end of the day, what you think of me is none of my business. At the end of the day, if I'm in the net with you, then that has more to do with God's doing than you're doing. Because if some of us had our way, there are some people that wouldn't even be in here. 
I wish I had an honest church right off and through here. There are some people who would not be here because we would select, because we naturally get to do that in the scope of our own lives. Everybody doesn't come over your house. You get to choose. Hello, everybody doesn't get in your car. You get the tubes. But when it comes to the church and the kingdom, guess what? You are not in control. It's one of the few places where you don't get to pick and choose because that's not your position. Okay, okay, okay. So, so the parable says, and, and it, were you reading? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't want you to be jobless. <laughs> Amen. You got the mic in your hand. You're not even going to be able to. Yeah, I had the mic on. Go, go on and, go on and uh, again, read and drop the mic. Again, <laughs> okay. the kingdom of heaven is like a great dragnet cast into the sea. Read. And gathering fish of every kind. Now, this is the thing. With fishing poles, you get the target. Anybody fishing here? I know, I know you do. Jack, Jack Jr., he live on the water if he, he, he could. But with fish... Fishing poles are, are, are more, more like hunting. You, you, you know what you want. Are you, are you, under, you understand what I'm saying? There's no bait necessary for the dragnet. So the fishing pole would be the devil's apparatus. Not the Lord's. Because in or, the way fishing pole works, you, you, you put bait on there. So, so, so you, 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 you have to, uh, uh, just stay with me, you have, to, uh, we, you have to deceive people onto the hook. Now, there's a corporate side to the church, and I'm concerned about it. I've wrestled with the corporate side of the church versus the organismic side of the church. The church as an organism or the church as an organization. Corporate strategies sometimes use fishing poles. We put things on the hook that people like so that they can be reeled into the church. Kingdom principles says the only thing that should be the incentive for them being here is the net not the bait. Satan uses bait. Yeah, you don't believe me? James chapter 1. Got to go there. James chapter 1. Okay. Some of us are tripped up like we are because Satan uses bait. Bait is a tool of deception. It's a tool of temptation. It, it is a tool of manipulation. I, I, I'm putting this on there because I know that's what you like. And if you fish, you put the worm on the hook because there's something in there that has an appetite for worm. And your desire is for whatever has an appetite for worm to bite the hook. Because they, watch this, you don't really want them to bite the hook. You want them to bite the worm because they're not going to want the hook. So you put the worm on the hook so that they bite the worm, and in biting the worm, they bite the, they bite, they bite the hook. Anybody here ever been hooked by anything? I wish I had some honest folk in here. 
Anybody here bite the worm before? Bite the, bite the shrimp? Bite the stinky bait? I can't talk this. This is not a lesson for sterile people. This is, this is a lesson for real folk that got scars from being snagged by the hook. But look, it's the devil's way, right? It's the devil's way. Of course, there were no fishing poles there, but, but look at this. James chapter 1, verse number 14. Well, let's start with verse number 13. Let no one say when he is tempted. Uh-huh. I am being tempted by God. God doesn't use that. See, see, and we have to be careful in the church. Yes, we want to be a church that caters to this and that. We want to be a church that does this. We want to be a church. We want to buy the neighborhood. We want to do this and that and the other. We want to make sure we teach our members how to be financially uh, astute. We want to make sure we teach our members. We want to have a good youth department. We want to have great, great praise leaders. and get, We want, you know, we want everything. We, we want this, that, and the other. We want bells and whistles. We want to elevate it so people don't have to walk to the second floor when we go to that point. But at the end of the day, that's well and fine as long as it doesn't become primary for the church because when it becomes primary it becomes a manipulation to where people end up coming for the bait and as soon as you run out of bait there's nothing left to hold them then you got to make sure that they bite the bait well enough to stay on the hook but look at this watch this so God don't deal with that. Read. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Uh-huh. But each one is tempted when Here he is. is carried Everyone away. Everyone is tempted when he is what? Carried away. Carried away. And enticed by his own lust. His what? The devil will use what you like. He fishes with a fishing pole. That's not how kingdom works. That's not how discipleships work. If we have to, watch this, if we have to do this to get people, we got to do it to keep people. Are you understanding this? We begin to operate in the MO of the enemy when we're using bait to get people in. At, watch this. At the end of the day, yes, there might be something that people are gravitated to and something that they appreciate and something that they enjoy, but that should never become the primary method of discipleship for a church because when it does, that church dooms itself to becoming a faddish church. Because we as people become so unamused so quickly. We get bored fast. If you don't, if you don't believe it, just, just look at your relationships. Brother, I dare you to get her flowers every Friday. You just started dating? You ain't going to be together forever? Get her flowers every Friday. I guarantee you by year two, you better come with something else, Jack. <laughs> Why? Because we, 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 we are people that don't have lingering fascinations. Is this making sense to anybody? The way the kingdom works, as he says, is like a dragnet that's cast and then it brings in every kind of fish. 
There's no one there to regulate what's in the net. Here's the point, and this is what I was talking about, about discipleship. It doesn't bring in Church of Christ fish. Now, this is where some of you might disagree with me. And, you know, that's fine. It's open to, I'm a student of the word. I'm a student, okay? That means, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to learn. But sometimes marquees on buildings tell people that this dragnet is for whoever matches what's on the marquee. You do marquee, know that marquees is a recent development comparative to the scripture. In other words, that dragnet, sometimes that thing says, this is the kind of people that are invited to come in here. Are you understanding this? And it almost says and makes a person feel like they don't belong or that it, it, it's not inclusive because I'm not that. And kingdom is not about attracting people to a corporate church, but attracting people to who? To Jesus. Are you understanding this? I know that, that you know, so I'll let that sit. Be okay, be okay. Turn to somebody and say, be okay. And so it is. Every kind of fish. Every kind of fish, rich fish, poor fish, right? Black fish, white fish, Hispanic fish, old fish, young fish, straight fish, gay fish. Ooh, somebody just woke up. What? What? Where? We ain't going. The Bible says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. What? Go back to sleep. Gay fish, transgender fish, every kind of fish. Now, this was in a Jewish culture. Go, oh, go to Leviticus chapter 9. Some, some of y'all like, I was going to leave because I got to go to work, but I might go in late. I need to figure out what he said. Good, keep listening. Leviticus chapter 9, let me show you the standard. Okay, he's talking to men who are Jews. At this point, Gentiles had not been drafted in. So you have to see it through a Jewish culture. You have to see it through that particular culture. Leviticus chapter 9, verse number 11. The flesh and the skin, however, he burned with fire outside the camp. Mm -hmm. Then he slaughtered the burnt offerings, and Aaron's son handed the blood to him, Is this and sprinkled it around... None? Yes. Okay, keep reading. And Aaron's son handed the blood to him and sprinkled around on the altar. They handed the burnt offering to him in pieces with the head, and they offered him up in smoke on the altar. Now, Leviticus chapter 11, I'm sorry. Verse number 9, I had it backwards. Good, you'd have kept reading until I found it. <laughs> I told y'all I'm a student. <laughs> 11 verse 9, that's what we want. These you may eat. This, watch this. Whatever is in the water. This was the law. It was established in the Old Testament, right? But when we read what we're reading, that's still the Old Testament. These laws still apply. Watch this. Read. All have fins and scales. You can eat. 
All fish that what? Have fins and scales. That's the only fish you can eat. Fins and scales. Read. Those in the water, mm -hmm. in the seas, or in the rivers, you may eat. Mm -hmm. But whatever is in the seas and the rivers that does not have fins and scales. Anything in the water that doesn't have skin, the scales and fins, read. Among all the teeming life of the water, uh -huh. and among all the living creatures Read. that are in the water, uh -huh. they are detestable things to you, and they shall be unmarried. If they don't have fins and scales, they are unclean. Jesus knows the law. He was there when it was written. In this parable, he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that's cast into the water that brings in only animal, only fish with fins and scales. That's not what he said. He says the dragnet brings in every kind of fish. Say amen if you're following me. Now, some of us would challenge Christ. Well, Jesus, you know, you did say in your word. Well, what? It doesn't end there. Let's look at the text. We're almost done. It says, it brings in every kind of fish. And when it is filled, when what is filled? The net? No. No, 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 not necessarily the net. What are they dragging it to? The boat. When the boat has had its fill, based upon the nets being filled and the boat is filled, right? When it is filled, they drew it up on the beach and they sat down and gathered. They, so they bring it to the beach and this is what they do. They sit down and what do they do? They sort them out. They sort them out. What do you mean they sort them out? All the fish are there. But there's a time when they sort them out. All fish get on the boat when they fish, but when they get to the beach, they sort them out. They take what's edible, put it over here. They take shrimp, put it over here. Shrimp is a shellfish. Lobster, ooh, nice and big, red lobster, oh, look at this. They do it based on what the standard is. Just follow me. The way this is interpreted is that the angels are the ones that throw people into the, throw the fish into the furnace. The angelic host. Disciples cast the net. Disciples draw it on the boat. When the nets are filled, the boat is filled, they pull it on the beach. Disciples' job is over. One of these days, Jesus is going to call, come back again, and the angels are going to separate. What does this mean? We have no business 
trying to do the separating now because at the end of the day, our job is to cast the net, to preach the gospel. You're going to have a little bit of every kind of person. That's all right. You walk with a twitch, all right. Uh, that's none of my business, yes. But we're going to let Jesus do with you what Jesus is going to do with you. But one of these days, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl is going to have to give an account for your own actions. And God will do the separating. Stop trying to catch Church of Christ fish. Because you may find some Church of Christ fish with that are shellfish. Hello? You may find a shrimp in a suit. And you may find a beat up, scarred up, disease having fish with sins and scales. God doesn't leave it up to us. So how does that look in a little practical sense? Look at verse number two of that same chapter. And somebody else go to John, Matthew 22, verse number 10. And, I'm gonna, and then I'm going to explain where we get this modern approach from. We actually get it from Acts 20 and 7, right? But the, that culture, well, I'll explain that in a moment. What, what, what does the Bible say? Verse number two. Verse number two. Of the same chapter, Matthew 13, 2. <laughs> you guys got automatics now. I can find it quicker with my revolver Bible. All right, come on. And large cows, crowds gathered to him. Who? Large crowds gathered to him. Large crowds gathered to him. So he, read. So he got into the boat and sat down. He got into the boat and sat down. You and see the this? Well, well, what's going on? If you notice the ministry of Jesus, there were always more who were part of the crowd than were part of his discipleship. We judge by the visible church. And when we say membership, we're thinking corporately sometimes. Are you understand? Are you a member? Like how many, anybody, any health, uh, health fitness people, junkies in here, workout junkies? You, oh, we need to do a series on health and fitness. <laughs> One, two people. I guess y'all just go to the gym and just you know, eat little Debbie snack cakes. One, yeah, I'm spotting you. Uh. See, that made me lose my, that threw me way off. Thank you. I'm a member of Planet Fitness. All right? Any LA fitness people in here? Let me give you another chance. Thank you. Brother Carr raised his hand. He was like, I've seen Brother Carr in a t-shirt before. Don't get it twisted. That old elder there will pick a car up. That's not how membership 
of a church was in kingdom principle. Okay? With Planet Fitness, you go in there, you get a little key thing, beep, beep. I'm a member. You get privileges because you're a member. Sometimes we take this mentality and bring it to the kingdom. And we think when we say we need the church to do this, some of us are rebelled because we've been a member so long. Like we do at Banks and Planet Fitness and, 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 and Sam's Club, you know. You mean to tell me I've been a member of this, this Sam's Club? I've been a member since 1942. And you, 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 you know me. You're you going to make me show my card? I'm a man. We want special privileges. But that's not how membership in kingdom principle works. And we bring that mentality to the kingdom and we get upset when things don't go our way because we, I'm, I'm a member there. No, 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 no. Membership is not like Planet Fitness, Sam's Club, Costco. It's like, Andres, your hand is a member of your arm and your body. Member doesn't go with church. It goes with body. When we make member go with church, we start throwing out the bad fish. We may not throw them out by saying you can't come here, but we'll close them off. There is much, there's just as much prejudice in churches as there is. If we look at somebody and they look a certain way and they don't look a, or they don't look a certain way, we have little passive aggressive things we do to basically say, well, no, you shrimp. Shrimp alert. Shrimp alert. Lobster alert. Catfish alert, no scales. That's not how this works. How it works is we preach an unadulterated, unbiased gospel and throw the net. The net falls where it may. And God, we, we draw it in, and God takes over from there. This becomes a place where a catfish can start growing scales. <laughs> Y'all missing this. Y'all missing this. Let me help you. Some of you don't do some of the things you used to do anymore. That's who you were when you got here, but who you are now is something totally different. Because this is not just a place for people, this is not a place for people who have it together. We want every, I want every thug, I want every drug dealer, every twitching man, every stud woman, every tattooed, pierced, black lipstick, gothic looking person to come in here. Watch this. Every executive who's up in the higher echelon of companies whose only problem is occasionally he sniffs a line of cocaine. Guess what? The church, the gathering is for every kind of fish. And when we stop discriminating and trying to get fish that look like us, act like us, make the same money we make, live on the same side of the tracks, then the church will grow when we stop trying to separate 
The beauty of it is you don't get to see the kind of fish it is until the end. You could be shaking your hand, shaking hands with a shrimp who has no intention of being nothing but a shrimp. And they'll say, that's my church home. Get out the way. The church is for everybody. Not just those who fit the category on the marquee. Everybody. So when we do a call to discipleship, we say, listen, if you want to come and you want this to be the place where you resume your journey of discipleship, where you can learn how much God loved you, that he looked down, saw all the worst in you, but thought all the best of you. Amen. Amen. But, but, but I'm not Church of Christ. I'm not inviting you to be what's on the marquee. I'm inviting you to a relationship with Jesus. He'll make you more than a marquee category. Hello? I'm not even inviting you to get membership corporately. This is an invitation to walk into a relationship. Say, Lord, I've been a slick catfish for a long time. I can hustle an Eskimo out of his ice water. And I can sell sand to a man living in the desert. I'm a player. I'm a pimp. I'm a hustler. It's all I ever knew. I'm going to go deep. Some of you are going to go deep. I'm a sex addict. Lord, I come and I'm dirty now. I'm dirty. I'm dirty. I'm addicted to pornography. Lord, I come, and I'm addicted to relationships. Lord, I come, I'm addicted to weed. I'm an alcoholic, but my dad was an alcoholic. I have have destructive tendencies. See, see, I'm going to tell you something. Churches that are in denial about their own vices always will, watch this, will always have shallow ministries because they can't handle people with real problems because they're in denial about their own problems so some of you are getting bashful when you hear this it's because church and maybe in your mind is for good people you got it all twisted the ark was not for people who didn't need it The hospital is not for well people. Look at him, he got to go to the hospital. And you just as sick as he is. Where you going to the hospital? Man, I ain't going to the hospital, man. (coughs) I ain't going. (laughs) No. The point is for everybody. And guess what? Nothing you got going can shock God. 
I'm not so crazy and naive as to think that addiction is not sitting here. Addiction is sitting right here. Addiction comes to churches throughout this country every Sunday. Addiction does. Bad temperament, ill temperament, raging tempers shows up at church. Amen. People on drugs that dip and dad, that add a little, add a little need to the weed. Shows up every Sunday. But we have to come away from being a church that on one day a week wants to look like it has it all together. I'm going to tell you, I'm a Christian because I'm a mess without Christ. That's what I am. Every now and then, the Lord will give me a peep into how I would look without him. Folks, I, oh, yeah, no, no, don't get it twisted. Uh, if you think well of me, I appreciate it. But me without Jesus, I'm a beast. I got some things that, watch this, that I've been exposed to as a child coming up. I got some temperament. The, every now and then the Lord will give you a peek into how you would look without him. And it won't, watch this, he won't give you a peek into how that looks by you looking at somebody else. He'll allow you to go through something in your own life to remind you that that stuff is still in you. To remind you that you ain't always had scales and fins. You had claws and you had shells and God will give you a peek. And I want to talk to honest people that will have the audacity to say, I'm here because I can't do it without them. I'm here because I'm a mess. I'm here because you wouldn't like the unsaved rendition of who I am. I'm here because without them, I'm the devil's neighbor. Aristocratic churches have shallow ministries. Ministries that any club or any community group can do. Ministries that attract good people. Ministries that become codependent. I need you as a homeless person to come. Not so that I can hear about your life. I'm disgusted with you. I don't like it, what I'm seeing. But in order to, for me to feel good about serving, I need you so that I can serve you and feel good about me. Churches are like that all throughout the city. And you know where that comes from? That comes from not realizing that the net brings in every kind of fish. We need teachers for the Bible classes. We moved from 4111, West Illinois. I'm going to give it to you straight. The Lord has made me numb in some areas, particularly in the area of people's opinions. But there are people who lived on this side of town who were committed to everything going on at 4111. The tables turned. And now there are some people who live closer to where we were who can't imagine being committed. It's possible. Look at the people who came from this side to that side. People do what we want to do. 
We need teachers. We are becoming a Sunday morning church. And you can't have deep ministries if you only operate on the day when most people are healthy. Everybody can adorn themselves to look healthy on Sunday. And if that becomes the extent of who we are, then we are not disciples. We are fans of Jesus. Young people show up and there are no teachers for the classes here. Why? I'm tired. No, 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 no. See, here's the thing. You can make light of it, but you can't refute it. Because lack of commitment produces more lack of commitment. And I will say publicly what I've said in Bible classes. I am resolved in the area of leadership not to lay hands on another person who cannot be fully committed. Oh, you acting big and bad. No, I got to answer to God for that. We need you as disciples. We need what? We need disciples to step up. You know why? At the end of the day, we still have an obligation not to separate it. But we got an obligation to do this. There are some fish that belong in this boat. We do it with the net because a hook will hurt them. But not enough people. You know why? Greg Landrum put it really well this, this morning. And I appreciate that lesson. We are becoming followers of everything but Jesus. Whatever you're chasing is whose disciple you are. Because a disciple is a follower. What are you following? This is a heart to heart. This is a come to Jesus. And if you have been following and you have not made it to the water, Jesus says, he that believeth and is baptized. You believe you got that part of discipleship journey down. But you just come and just show up. You, you think you can believe and not be baptized? Jesus says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. You cannot be in an eternal boyfriend, girlfriend relationship with Jesus and don't think he wants your hand in marriage. Because even though dating is part of the process, your last name stays the same until you're married. Well, that's my boo. We've been together for, you know, it's funny to hear people talk about that, you know, and we do that. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, people. How long y'all been married? Oh, people give enormous years. Sometimes they say, well, oh, really? You've been married that long? Well, let me, let me qualify it. We've been together 
30 years, we've been married for two. No, no, it's just, it's, I'm part and part of me. I'm not being nasty or this, but that's funny to me. Yeah, he been, man, we, y'all so in love. Yeah, that's my boo thing. That's my boo thing. How long y'all been? Oh, y'all married? How long y'all been married? Uh, man, thirty years. Thirty years. Thirty years. Wow. You, 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 forty-five. You've been married thirty years. <laughs> Got married at fifteen. Oh, let, let me fix that, let me fix that, let me fix that, let, let, let me fix that, let me fix that. You know what that means, right? You know what this means. Let me fix that, let me fix that. Okay, some of you don't know what this means, okay? Somebody ever talking to you and they do like this, they lying, okay? They lying. That's what that means. Keep your eyes open for it. It happened. It, it could be a sister. Uh, they do it sophisticated. Uh, she backing up, she lying. She don't want you to look into her eyes. What I'm saying is, let me stop. <laughs> it shouldn't be like that. You believe in Jesus? What you waiting on? I'm not talking about I'm still learning. I'm talking about you get it. You get it. Jesus says, come. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm done. You're going to miss this one of these days. Uh, one of these days you miss it. All ministry leaders. So the, this first appeal is for those of us who are already disciples. And you're shallow. Okay? I have moments in my life where I'm shallow. Um, and the way this sin thing works, let me tell you something. You, you, you know, you can have something beat today and something trigger off that sin that you felt like you had beat. Any honest people in here? I'm, I'm a diabetic. I'm a diabetic when my fasting sugars are 90. That's normal. 90 is normal, okay? Here's a one to grow on moment. Uh, with diabetes, your normal sugars are supposed to be Fasting, 80 to 120. Right. My sugars are between that. But you know why I'm a diabetic? Because there's, there's something inside me that if that becomes vulnerable and susceptible for that to change. And if ever that I start losing control, my body will show me, hey, sir, your fastings were normal, but you're still a diabetic. No? Everybody in here has disease, the germ in their body for certain diseases. Everybody in here, okay? Don't feel like, oh, you're the only one, right? Chicken pox. Where did that come from? You go to a good doctor, they'll say, well, everybody has the thing in their body. That, that's in your body. It's just dormant. And something has to trigger it and arouse it. I'm here to tell you everybody up in this piece right now got something that may be dormant in you. That's why the Bible says, let him that think he stand. Take heed lest you fall. You have a dormant germ. Why? Because we were born in this body. And so 
An arrogant Christian is an ignorant Christian. Because you have the germ. All the devil needs is from, for, he needs to get permission from heaven to agitate whatever that is in your soul that's been dormant and held at bay by the Holy Spirit of God. All it takes. What does it look like practically? It can take a traumatic experience in your life. You lose your job. Man, I was doing good. You start drinking again. Then you find out you're still an alcoholic. It was just dormant. My point is this. Jesus is not looking for people who are perfectly in spiritual shape. His purpose for you to follow him is so that he can woo you to himself, cover you with his blood, give you his Holy Spirit that will keep those things at bay. Keep them at bay. Lord, keep him at bay. Lord, keep him at bay. The old man used to pray years ago, never knew what this meant until my adult years. Lord, bless us in our good. And he would say, defeat us in our wrong. And old people growing up would say things sometimes in prayers that didn't make sense. But that, and I thought that was one of them. Right? Like highways and byways. Anybody take a byway to get here this morning? <laughs> a byway? What byway? Byway 30? I think that was highway 30. Byways. Right? Didn't make sense. Still don't make sense to me, but that's fine. Byways. Byways. But that didn't start making sense. Till later, Lord, defeat me in my wrong. You know what that prayer says, Lord? I have some potentials. I have some potentialities. I have some potentials. And while I blame this and that, and I grew up like this and that, Lord, I'm finding out that my biggest enemy is me. And Lord, if you got to fight me to protect me from me, Lord, I need you to fight my enemies even if my enemy is me. Protect me from me because there's nobody that can mess me up like me. I know me. I know how to get me. And I know how to mess me up. So stop playing with Jesus. There's somebody here you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to really start that. You you really want to confirm it. You believe it. Now your belief, your faith has matured into action. Now Jesus says, come, die with me. Be buried with me. Get up with me so that you can get up and come up to me. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that? Yes? Yes? You believe that? You believe he died for you? Took your place on the cross? 
if you really believe it, has your faith matured enough to where you're willing to turn to Jesus? Are you willing to turn to Jesus? Uh, the devil's going to say, that means you can't do this, that, and the other. You ever hear somebody that? I ain't ready for church yet, man. I still got, I still got some turn up in me, you know. I still got some turn up in me. Yeah. I didn't know. I knew I'd do the one, one and a half step. But anyway, that's the devil talking. You going, guess what? You can, be in, you can be a saint for years. Seniors, y'all still got a little turn up in you? Senior saints, not high school seniors. Say amen, senior saints. Sister Jovita. I'm just saying now. Sister Twyman over there. You got it. So the devil's telling you, no, 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 you, you, you don't want to stop. No, no, no. It's time for you to come. When you get in trouble, who you cry to? You're crying to Jesus already. So this invitation is for those that you want to come. Just walk forward. Maybe you're, you are a disciple and you've been, you've been struggling. I want to congratulate you on your struggle because struggle means you haven't surrendered. Amen. Struggle. Yes. The one who's not struggling means it's not fighting. Look up the definition of struggle. It means to fight. Don't stop fighting. Maybe you are twice-born believer. You've been baptized. You're a disciple. You believe. You took the journey. You were baptized. But you are struggling with some demons. You're struggling with some issues. Come on now. Let's pray about it. Give it to God. Just walk down these aisles right now. It's praying time. And I know you're waiting for somebody else. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I get that, the embarrassment. But one of these days, the Lord is going to free you from what other people think about you. One of these days, God is going to free you of that. God is going to free you of that. Then I want to talk to those of us who have tenure, and we've trusted our tenure more than we had the Lord. That means we determine our own maturity by how long we've been around church. It's time to come. Then I want those of you who have secret things you're dealing with. David says, cleanse thou me from secret sins. Mm. Those are the ones that nobody can help you with because you've cloaked them so well that nobody sees you have them. And the devil gets you in a dark room in your heart and in your spirit. The room is lit, but as soon as you close the door, you realize the devil is in that dark place, in that place with you, and he turns out the lights. And because that sin is secret, because that issue is secret, because that issue is covert, the people that love you the other warriors who want to pray for you can't. And I'm not saying come down here and blab about your secret because God knows there's every kind of fish in here. Talkative fish, fish that break confidentiality, fish that gossip, yeah, every kind of fish. Amen. What I'm saying to you is free yourself by laying it at God, confessing to God, confess, confession to God. We don't need to know what it is. But we want to pray with you. So if you need to come, come down. Maybe you're ready to be baptized. Come on down.